You know what it's time for. I love that soundbite so fucking much because he really meant it and we really did it. And for whatever reason, this past Sunday, we got away from that. Um, Based on what I saw and what I listened to, because I watch games, I take my notes, I make my observations. Mm-hmm. And then I go listen to people who are smarter than me about the game to try to grab some more insight, seeing things that I missed. Detroit told us they weren't going to allow us to run the ball. We could not establish a run game. And they said, hey, (coughs) Desmond Ritter beat us. And in our conversations, our public conversations on this platform, Yes. Our private conversations, whether together or with or in our group text or amongst friends, was always when we have to play that type of game, Desmond Ritter, come beat us. We did not have any confidence that Desmond Ritter could win those games. No, and that was the biggest takeaway. Um that I took away from the game. Uh, Obviously, like I said last week, you knew, and obviously you just knew this in general. I was at the game, and this is what I'll say. I'll give Desmond Ritter some slack on one thing, maybe. This is his his first game ever was at the Superdome. So I know that game was sold out because the Falcons and Saints, that's what happens in those football games. So I know that he's dealt with that type of noise. Detroit fans – bring it they bring it it was nothing but blue it was very much so a home field advantage in there uh it's actually funny it's the one thing that i ever give the saints credit for second best uh fan i won't say experience but second best fan base for a road game i've been to ever for sure so better than philly yeah, yeah, honestly. You know what I know what the thing is with Philly, and maybe it's because it's not a dome. But loud. It wasn't as loud. Detroit gets loud. New Orleans is number one. I think the Superdome is hell. <laughs> Literally, it's it's hell. And so Detroit, they bring the noise. Everybody, and this is another thing too that makes these games different. You know, at Falcons games, there are people that don't wear Falcons gear that are, I guess, going for the Falcons, everybody in Detroit's wearing blue. They're all wearing jerseys. They're all wearing T-shirts, jackets, whatever. Fleece, pullover, blazer. Quarters. They're going to make sure it's royal blue, though. And I thought we handled it pretty well early. But Desmond Ritter, I could tell every time he went up was doing this. He was doing it. So I could tell that the the home field advantage definitely did hurt them. I don't remember us getting too many penalties. It just seemed like we didn't execute. The offensive line looked horrible. Um, Desmond Ritter looked horrible. And the biggest takeaway I took from the game was that if we can't run the ball, we will not win any football games. We won't. We just won't win football games because Desmond Ritter doesn't have the arm to bail us out at any moment. 
or the legs or just the the vision and look we were both we talked about this going into the season we want to be wrong about this we really do because we want to win and we think that we have a good enough team to where this is a year where you can win the division and you build upon that for next season we don't expect to win the super bowl this year i do however expect us to not only be competitive, we've been competitive really the last two years for what it's worth with Arthur Smith. Um, I thought it was poor play calling, to be completely honest. I thought that the play calling was pretty poor too. Desmond Rear, I think, threw the ball 38 times. There should never be a game where he throws the ball 38 times because he can't complete 30 of the passes. So we didn't utilize the screen game the way I hoped. Because if we were going to throw the ball, my thought would be, you're going to do that. Now, look, what's his face from the Lions? It was all over the fucking place. Brian Branch. Yeah. That boy might make the Pro Bowl this year as a rookie. He's that good. I think he is. Green helmet flicky thing. Yeah. And didn't he get, he got the pick six on the Mahomes from the, he scored that. That boy is very much so on his way to being an all pro safety. Uh, But we got an all pro safety too. With shout-outs to um, JB3, Jesse Bates. Shout-outs to Jesse Bates the second. I sat next to his dad at the game, and his sister was behind me. And for anyone that actually was watching the game on TV, after he caught the interception, he did throw the ball in the crowd, and I'm actually the person that caught it. Um, I gave it to his sister who was sitting behind me because I knew the ball wasn't intended. It was obviously it was in our vicinity. I knew who he was trying to throw it to and would have been a hell of a souvenir to have, honestly, because I've never gotten a football at a game, but uh, I did the right thing and gave it to the family, especially because I had such good conversation with them in general. But, um, yeah, disappointing game by the Falcons. Uh, just question for you. Nominated on both sides of the line. Ritter got sacked, I think, six or seven times. Seven. And we obviously got no pressure. So question for you. What do you say to the um, – the criticism of Arthur Smith for the max protection, the two man routes. Do you think he should have put, do you think he should have put less in protection and more receivers out for maybe a short, quick game? You know what? The funny thing is, me and uh, JB2, we talked about this at halftime of the game. You want to know what? And it's funny because obviously I like getting the perspective. NBA is different. Because I feel like basketball circles, everybody, there's this weird thing where everybody knows each other with the basketball circle. Football circle is so different. I'm not a part of a football circle. I'm a part of a basketball one. But just in general, the parents even chiming in. Having a conversation with him, we talked about the offense. Obviously, his son plays defense. The first thing that he said to me was, I don't understand why Tyler Algier doesn't get the ball more. He said, you know, Bijan's the new toy, clearly elite, whatever. They need to be giving Algier the ball more in a game like this because this has been a dogfight type of game, which it had been. It was at, at halftime, it was 10 to 3, but it was 3 3 at one point. And it was clearly one of those games where we probably still needed to just try and impose our will running. And the one thing I told him, and what, what I think could have evaded doing that two man you know, for protection purposes, screen plays for one, but two, 
I told him, I said, well, why don't we ever just put Bijan and Algier on the, out in the field at the same time? Why not have Algier in the backfield? Bijan lines up in the slot, motions. You could easily do a sweep because that's Bijan clearly gets around that corner really quick. Boy, of course, he could just run and still run a route. He could be out in the flat for a quick pass. That way, Ritter can throw it. If the protection is not good, you can still hand it off to Algier. I mean, he's got to be able to read what he sees in that defense, whether, you know, it's a cover to, uh, you know, they're press, pressing man, it's cover zero, like whatever the fuck is going on. Brian Ranch is playing his brains out, but you're a running football team. Why are we getting away from this? And we're throwing these passes. And then th- there was even a uh, video I got to see, and I thought I remember seeing it at the game. He just completely misses Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts got wide open. And we talk about them throwing it to him. He just overthrew in the ball, man. And he was – he catches that. If he throws it on the money, Pitts scores. We probably score a touchdown in the game. At least, Even if we lose, that play alone – and momentum's a real thing, too. There was just so much wrong with that game. I walked away very disappointed because I said to myself, if we can't run the ball, we're not going to win football games. So I'm an Arthur Smith believer and an Arthur Smith defender. Both of us. And although I didn't like the volume in which we passed the ball, I do think that that's what the defense was dictating (laughs) to us. And, but I also think that Arthur Smith is coaching around Desmond Ritter. I, 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 and it scares me because it makes me wonder who's buying the groceries. <laughs> I love the because this is a parcels thing, right? Yeah, I, I love it. this is like one of the best. Uh, what would it be? Quotes, philosophy, quotes. But but what do you when you compare something? Um, Metaphors. Metaphor. It's Cowherd level type shit. <laughs> I love this though. But I, I, it just makes me wonder who's buying the groceries. And obviously, you have Terry Fontenot coming from New Orleans, that Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis system. Then you have Arthur Smith coming from the variable, the variable Mike Malarkey run the piss out of the ball system. Uh, let's, let's, Let's control. Let's control pace. Let's control the ball. Let's cover up our defense with our run game. Um, g- try to play good, good three phase football. Tie offense to defense to special teams, which I think we do a pretty good job of of trying to do. But man. I just think he's coaching around the quarterback and trying to cover up his deficiencies. For sure. And, no, by yeah. and by covering up his deficiencies, we're not running the best plays for the situation because we're running the best plays that our quarterback can run. And unfortunately, we can't open up the entire playbook to see what Arthur Smith can do as a play caller because we have a quarterback who is only better than Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I mean, do you think he's even better than Justin Fields? And look, uh, I think I've, seen, I, I've seen nothing redeemable from Justin Fields this year. So I think that Justin Fields can at least, at least run the ball. I mean, yes. 
I, I he, can Michael Vick, he can Michael Vick the hell out of the game. That's what they – when they beat the Patriots on Monday night, do you remember that game? Yeah. Like, like there's something to where he can win a game by himself that I've seen against a competent football team and a head co- a greatest head coach ever. There is nothing that tells me that if we ever can't run the ball, we won't. Man, let me tell you, we I swear we won't win a game. The next time we play the Carolina Panthers, if they completely shut down the run, Desmond Ritter's arm is not going to win us a game. Like, we will not win a game with just his arm. He does not have that quality. He doesn't have that skill. He's not um, a natural passer of the football. I, I just wish that he was – even if he was a, just a smarter quarterback, right, checking out a – like, there's nothing that I've seen outside of last week – or not last – not this past week, but Packers. the Packers game – I saw Moxie. That might be the only thing I know. I think he'd make a great backup for a team because he is one of these guys that believes in himself. He's he, you know, trying. He does says all the right stuff. There's nothing wrong with him personally. There's nothing personal. He just isn't good at football to me. And like, he's a back. He's backup material football. Like, and that's okay. Like, not everybody's supposed to make it. Like, look, I, I wish I wanted to be in the NBA, bro. I'm not NBA material. That's why. That's why I'm not fucking training camp right now. Like. Like, I'm not supposed to be in the NBA, and that's okay. I know that. Management needs to know that, though. Like, that's what's important about them, like about him specifically. Management needs to point that out and really take a long look at it. I can't wait to see what they do this Sunday because this will be the longest plane ride home if they get embarrassed. And it sets up for us to not only lose this game but low-key get embarrassed. Jacksonville needs to take something out on somebody because they played okay against the Chiefs, I guess. They only lost by eight, but they got beat by the Texans, who have had their number, actually. It was crazy. I looked at the number. They've had their number over the years, but they still got beat at home by double digits, and that shouldn't have happened. They were a double-digit favorite almost. There was no reason that they should have gotten beat like that. Trevor Lawrence tweeted out a writing note in Mohi. That motherfucker's about to try and throw for 400 yards. And Calvin Ridley, obviously, he's got – you know what he wants to do. So, yeah. like, I could see this game getting very ugly, not from the sense of our defense not showing up. Because if there was a positive takeaway from the Lions game, the defense played well. Yeah. They played well enough for us to win the game. Yeah. They played well enough, but you're getting a team that's pissed off and that really can't afford to lose either. Because all it takes is for the Colts to beat the Rams – and then Jonathan Taylor potentially coming back and maybe saying, <laughs> you know what? I like this three and one Colts team. Zach Moss is eating. Let me in on the action. Fuck it. I'll run my last year. We could talk about it later. You don't want them to go three and one. And then they're sitting at one and two, getting ready to face us in a division where we could actually drop this game, oddly enough, and still be okay. But like, I, man, they better do something, is all I'm saying. So to put a bow on, on on this Falcons topic, I forgot to put the Falcons first ticker on there to be okay. But um, we are still tied for first in the division. New Orleans has lost Derek Carr. He's week to week. Um, some would say they would have won that game if Derek Carr stays in. I, I don't have that belief because he's Derek Carr. Uh, Baker came back down to earth on Monday Night Football, and, um, hey, we lost our first game. 
and no one's worried about the Frank Reich's Panthers because Frank Reich's not good at coaching football. He and Desmond Ritter should unite in the USFL or something. Uh, Boy, the Red Rifle stat-wise, I didn't watch it. I watched a piece of the game before I left because I had to leave, obviously. But, like, uh, boy, I mean, the offense at least had a pulse. Yeah. With him in. And I don't – I'm not going to – it's too early to say Bryce Young isn't the guy. Like, I'm not – He's the rookie. I don't think that the weapons are around him anyways. Obviously, Andy Dalton had a better has a better command of the offense. And maybe they should have just sat Bryce and he not start. Like – and I get it. Why draft a guy and trade all that to get up? But he just – he hasn't looked – he hasn't looked ready, in my opinion. He just doesn't look ready. And – Small. Boy, they had a – but they had a pulse, didn't they? Yeah. They had a pulse. They scored 31 points. And Seattle, I mean, you have them winning the division, but they're a playoff team from last year. And certainly outside of that Rams mulligan week one, look like a playoff team again this year. So let's get to uh, a little bit, something a little bit a little bit more exciting. Um, so we got two teams on historic who are putting up historical numbers. Uh, on the opposite sides of the field. You got the Dolphins offense versus the Cleveland defense. Um, it's September. It's early. It's warm. Miami's a warm-weather team. Cleveland's a cold-weather team. So you like to think that that defense can continue throughout the year. So I'll I'll ask you first, probably, Pete. What unit would you rather have? The Miami offense or the Cleveland defense? If Nick Chubb, no, 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 no ifs. But that is an if. No, no, no. There's no ifs. I'm asking you, what unit would you rather have? I like complimentary football, Lee, and so it would depend on what the other side of the ball looked like. In their current situations, give me the Dolphins' offense because the Dolphins' defense can complement their game. They have Vic Fangio. They have Bradley Chubb. Um, they're going to get back Jalen Ramsey later in the year. They have Xavier Howard. They have these guys on that other side of the ball. Cleveland doesn't have, uh, you know, Nick Chubb anymore. Deshaun Watson looks like he – I mean, he played well last week, but certainly it still looks like he's lost a step to a degree. Yeah, 280. 280 and two tugs. Like, and they won 27-3. I mean, it was a dominant game, but, like, you know – Ford isn't the guy. I guess we'll get to see when Hunt comes back what that'll do. But in the case of the both teams and their scenarios, I'd much rather have the Dolphins offense. Team scoring 70 points doesn't happen. And certainly against a defense last season that was pretty good, by all accounts, even though this year they haven't looked great, by all accounts it's still a lot of the same guys. I know Bradley Chubb left, got traded halfway through the year, but that's still just one guy. I would – and, and plus, I'm a Falcons fan, so I err on the side of offense because that's typically um, where our success has been and our best season ever was an offensive team that looks very similar. Oh, shit, that's because the fucking coach was on our staff too. Another guy that just got away, I guess, right? Hey, give me that Cleveland defense. I think that defense travels. I think that defense works uh, throughout the year. I don't know if that speed on that Miami offense continues to work season progressive as it gets cold, as people start to figure some of that, that motion stuff out and um, to his health. If we're going to, if we're going to look at, if we're going to take it out of the vacuum, I think to his health, 
of things uh, that we look at. But I think what Cleveland is doing is sustainable. They got the guys to do it, and they got Jim Schwartz out there doing it, who's done it time and time again as the defensive coordinator. Uh, but I think both teams are set up for success. I think both teams are going to do well. If if Deshaun Watson continue, if Deshaun Watson can give you two fifty and two tubs uh, for the rest of the year, and limit the turnovers, limit the turnovers, the face mask, and they have they have competent running back play, just serviceable running back play. I, I do believe that Cleveland is going to be something to deal with in that AFC North. I, I had them winning a, a a lot of games. I had a lot of teams in that division winning games. And you're looking at what's going on in Cincinnati. They still don't look good. Uh, Joe Burrow. Burrow's hurt. And it's apparent. Like he, he's limited. He's limited. And if he's going to be limited all year, if that injury is going to be what I've heard and then what I've seen, they're not winning. They're not going to make the playoffs. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. And so. And then Baltimore, I mean. Does Baltimore have any of their starters playing outside of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews? <laughs> no, now, no, 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 because, yeah, their last game, you're right, they they had seven starters out um, combined, and that's a big deal. I mean, that's going to be tough for even Lamar to overcome, especially. Zay Flowers has been a really bright spot for them, though. Like, he's looked fantastic. He looks like, so far, the best rookie receiver that came out of the draft. So there's a positive to take away from that, but obviously um, didn't even include when it said seven stars. That doesn't even include the fact that J.K. Dobbins went down week one. That's an eighth starter that you've been without. But Ronnie Staley, you know, blindside. Um, Gus Edwards. Uh, did Gus, Gus didn't play last week? He got hurt. Shit. Again? Yeah. I, you know when they, they should you know, the they should make a move for Jonathan Taylor. The Ravens have to take a look at what their training staff is doing because something's not right. Too many players are getting too hurt too often. If there's a team that should take a look at Jonathan Taylor, I'd like that. Let's get that midnight Indianapolis to ball, that Baltimore, but let's do it the reverse way. Instead of Baltimore Colts going to Indianapolis, let's bring the Indianapolis Colts to the Baltimore. Jonathan Taylor in the Ravens offense, because Todd Munkin would, I have to imagine, use him uniquely too, to where he's getting four or five catches a game. He's good with running backs. He's making a fantasy football team even more impressive once he comes back. But a one and two fantasy football team, huh? You will. Hey, you got to face that one and two team in Austin Eckler practice today. So I haven't had him in my losses, unfortunately. Hey, so let's keep talking about let's let, let's talk about some teams. Well, fuck you, Lee, for, making, for saying that a one and two football team. All right, well, I tell you what, I'm gonna damn landing this thing. <laughs> he's like he's doing it for the clicks. He's like we're doing it to suit up. He's like he's like we're here to hit with helmets. He's like the Cinderella story ends today. <laughs> <laughs> it did his best Kirby impersonation. Uh, let's talk because they put it on social media. Yeah, we hey, that's instead of it just getting like recorded, he put it on social, it was scripted. It, yeah, it was we got that for the third block. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 talk about another team that's struggling. Um, I really had something I wanted to say, but I think it was just insensitive. So, um, the New York Jets, um, they're not really taking flight here. Robert Sala has publicly 
backed Zach Wilson in a way that I would never want to be backed by somebody who um, I'm expecting to support me. Uh, if you spoke about me in the public the way that Robert Silas spoke about uh, Zach Wilson, I'd be like, I don't really think we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have the defense um, defense getting upset. Maybe there's some locker room issues that's coming out of that. You're seeing some division. You got Garrett Wilson on the, on the sideline saying uh, he can't throw that. You got Aaron Rodgers stepping in and saying, hey, guys, we got to grow up, blah, 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 blah. And you still got Kurt. You got, uh, you got Kurt Cousins rumors floating all around that franchise as they are 0-3 and he's – leading the league in passing yards like Kirk Cousins is on he looks track. Good. I mean he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. Uh so if 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 you're Chris Greer, GM of the Jets, what do you do? Do you just ride it out with Zach Wilson and say, hey, we're gonna have Aaron Rodgers next year. We got a first round pick so we can uh we can fix our deficiencies. Or do you say, hey man, my team is good. My job is possibly on the line. Because no, I mean, he gets a pass. Do, does he get Aaron a pass? Going out bought him one more year. It bought him one more year. I think it bought Salah one more year. But okay, well, who are you talking about? Chris Greer, talking. GM. I'm talking about GM. Oh, oh. I want to say Greer drafted Sam Darnold. <coughs> Let me see. I want to say, and I know he drafted Zach Wilson. Well, you're not talking about Chris Greer because he's the Dolphins. Uh, you're right. Golly, why do I get them mixed up all the time? You're good. No, you're good. It's just when you said that's why I said when who are you talking about? Because I, yeah. I thought you were talking about Saul. I I get Joe Douglas. Yes, I get Joe Douglas and Chris Greer mixed up all of the time. Forgive me. Joe Douglas. Me Joe see. Douglas has done enough to keep his job, though. He got Aaron Rodgers. He's draft he had the best draft of anyone in the NFL last season. Our last draft, not this past draft, but the one before that. He's done enough. I mean, he's done enough to keep his job. Look, this is, I hate to say it, this is a mulligan. And I know that it's, they want them to do something so bad. There's just no options. They're going to have to wait this thing out until they get to week six or seven because the trade deadline's, I think, week eight. If the Vikings are one and two and five, one and six, something like that, if they're that bad, I think that obviously you do, you trade your one. To the Vikings, because I know that that's a crazy fucking mortgage. But if you as the Jets through six weeks or three and three, you if you really think you've got a championship roster, obviously losing or maybe you don't give up your one this year. But like you the the Vikings would talk to you if you give them a one. They're going to do it. They'll do it because Kirk is a free agent after this year. And you already kind of know he's a rental. In a weird way. Now, if you win the Super Bowl, then it turns into a whole different can of worms. But obviously, you've got you're on the hook for Rodgers, or maybe Rodgers goes to Minnesota, and we complete this trifecta of Green Bay quarterbacks, and then in ten years you can get Jordan Love. <laughs> I mean, uh, what? <laughs> no, I, I think they got to make a move. Obviously, that that move is not Colin Kaepernick, uh, but you. you, you. The team's too good, and the last thing you want to do is end up like Sean Payton and lose your locker room. Like you, you have too many young players who are really good, who you want to be bought in and believe in what you're doing. But if you keep trotting Zach Wilson out there, you're going to lose your defense. I 
at a much lower level, played on a team that had a pretty solid defense with a with a terrible offense. I mean, our offense was piss poor. Yeah. We ran the ball on first down, and it was a loss damn near every play. Ran, uh, run a play on second down is probably an incomplete, and it's third and long. I'm talking about by the time, as, as a defensive guy, you get to the bench, get your helmet off, get you some water, talk to your position coach about what's going on out there. You're hearing, punt team ready! <laughs> when I tell you how demoralizing that is, it's super demoralizing. And you eventually get into this mindset of, it does not matter what I do, we're not going to win. Yeah. Once we give up 14 points, God forbid we give up 21 points. Ah, oh, man, we might as well give up 70. Like, yeah, just mail it in. Endeavor because they're not scoring four touchdowns. Or, or better yet, better yet, uh, it's a first and 10. Let's just go ahead and let them get eight yards so we can go ahead and, you know, speed this game up. Because they're going to run it again. He just got eight. Let him let him start feeling himself a little bit so we can just at least get out of here soon enough. So we don't have to sit here and we can, you know, dip and, you know, drink cheap beer later. I don't know. Yeah, no, bro. It, it was it was such a – it was so demoralizing. So imagine doing that at the NFL level with the expectations of coming in and being a really good team, you know. Uh, I, I – if the Jets want to take flight, man – they they they've got to leave. They got to leave Zach Wilson on the tarmac. Trevor uh, Simeon is not the answer though either. Like it's too early in the season because you know a lot of pundits like they like to talk about the backup quarterback situation. Well, Andy Dalton just started a game Sunday. He was one of the names that got brought up. Um, Desmond Ritter's job isn't safe. People kept saying get Heineke in there. This is if there's one fault of Joe Douglas, it's this. I understand you weren't going to cut Zach Wilson and you didn't just want to get rid of him. You could have got yourself a much more quality backup. Aaron Rodgers has an injury history. So it's surprising what happened and when it happened and how soon it happened. But Aaron Rodgers getting hurt was not something that we did not not potentially see coming. Like this was something that you could have seen coming because he does get hurt. Like he has a very, a very well-known injury history in the league. Like he's been hurt like five or six times in his fifth, what, 16, 17 year career. Like he, and they're always long injuries. It's not like a, I miss a game type thing. He did that the year they won the Super Bowl. That was the only time it was a, I miss a game or two. And then that's when Matt Flynn like threw six touchdowns. But like outside of that, every time he gets hurt, he misses about eight games typically. Like he hey, like he misses half seasons. But not too much on Trevor Simeon. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. They don't win that Super Bowl in Denver. Does, does, does he kiss? Whose ring is he kissing? Is it Peyton's? The defense, Wade Phillips, uh Hell, I guess Brock Osweiler won a game or two, didn't he? I mean, and I just saw him calling Pac-12 football the other night. <laughs> I guess one guy's still in the league, right? Because I know that they're not that far off in age. Brock, Brock Osweiler might be 34, Trevor Sanders probably 31. <laughs> just, shit, I'm just saying, Brock Osweiler, he was calling the, the Pac-12 after dark game. It wasn't priming them this week, but, you know, he was What's calling that? it. 
Let's see. Trevor Simeon is 31 years old. Okay. And how old is Brock Osweiler? Asweiler. Brock Osweiler's 32. Oh, okay. So they're a year apart. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't see that going anywhere. Uh, Looking at some more games from last week, uh, does Dallas losing to Arizona mean anything to you? I think that it's a concern offensively more than defensively. Yeah, teams have mulligans. And, I mean, Dallas's defense was as dominant as any defense you've seen through two weeks. Uh, Diggs being out certainly hurts them, but, like, I don't think it hurt them to where that was why the performance was the way it was. I think that – Offensively, though, you've got to play better than that. Dak has to play better than that. The pick that he threw was like atrocious. I don't know if you saw it, but they there's a freeze frame of it, and we see what he was trying to do. Like it made sense, but the throw was so poor. And in reality, the ball was thrown to where I mean, we could have in our current states could have made that play too. And so it isn't like he threw it high enough to where – or to a point at where that guy is going to be the only guy to get it. He kind of threw it straight to the defender, and the defender's looking him in his eyes as he makes the play. So, offensively, that would be the only concern I would take away from the game. Most teams have mulligans. They do – teams lose to teams all the time. Um, that was their mulligan. It was on the road, and we're not giving the Cardinals enough credit. They're still not going to get their over on their win total – but, boy, they're actually going to give teams a fight. Like, for instance, if they shut down our run, that is no longer a guaranteed win for us. You realize that, right? Like, No, because James, James Conner is a good running back when healthy. Josh Dobbs is proving – playing like a hungry player, like a competent quarterback. Some, somebody, somebody, that, somebody that clearly is like, yo, I want another bridge. I, I want to be the next Tyrod Taylor is what he's telling everybody. I would take Josh Dobbs and Tyrod Taylor right now over – Desmond Ritter. I mean, look, I'm going to give him some more time. I'm, 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 I want to see what he does Sunday. I really do because I want to see what his bounce back is like more than anything. Do we care about the Bills and Commanders game just to say that the Commanders are the frauds that we thought they were? No, but we can certainly say that this set up uh, a juicy at the best matchup of the week with the Bills and Dolphins. I know we're not on the next week yet, but – it sets up such a great game now because the Bills look like they're back to midseason form of the last three years, you know, with the dominant performance. On the road, that's still a very dominant performance. The defense looked like the defense that's been ranked number one the past few years. Okay. Hey, 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 and look, they're going to get back uh, Von Miller soon too. Yeah. He's only on the four-week IL too. So look out. Brandon Staley lives. Get him out. He is so fired after this year. Hey, man. Look, I don't have too much on this game, but fourth and one inside your 30. How about we not run a fullback dive or backup running back up the middle? Here's what you should do. Take a note out of Philly's book. You see that quarterback sneak thing that they run with Jalen Hurts that worked every single time? Take your six foot six, two hundred fifty pound quarterback, and tell that big son bitch 
to get you a yard. And with no Eckler back there, I know they don't have Mike Tolbert anymore. I know they had gotten him from the Panthers a few years back. I remember when Mike Tolbert went to charge because he's such a bowling ball, right? But um, and I think that was either Chris Collinsworth's call. Somebody called him a bowling ball. Um, Al, no, Al, look at him. He's a bowling ball out there. You know, Al? You just bounce right off of hey, him. You love that video I sent you, right? That, that oh, guy That guy actually nails – and he nails Mahomes too. Like he loved it. Love great, it. great stuff. He does so he does Collinsworth all the time, by the way. If you click on his page, he just You've got a fan in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks like a guy that just goes out and smokes him a cool every 15 minutes when he's in New York, right? But I, why didn't Brandon Staley just punt the ball away with them having he didn't no trust his defense? He trusts yeah. his offense more than his defense. That's the only. That's the only answer in reality. Isn't he supposed to be a defensive whiz? He trusted them to get one inch, as opposed to the Vikings getting probably about 75, 70. Brandon Staley, your days are numbered, buddy. You're going to be on a podcast soon, like Thomas Dimitrov. <laughs> uh that's last thing I got from week one. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and get this ready for the clip up. Let's go for it. Taylor Swift has taken over NFL conversation. She and Travis Kelsey are dating. Uh, she's in she's in a game in the suite with 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 Kelsey's mom. Uh, he scores a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes points up to her. Everybody has something to say about it. Andy Reid had something to say. Mahomes has something to say. She and Travis Kelsey drive off in the Camaro after the game. There's rumors that this was their actual first meetup. He did a little little call out to her on his podcast, and now all of a sudden they're dating. She's expected to be um, at the Jets game this week. Uh, yeah. Ticket prices went up. Yeah, boy, boy, did that. You had the Swifties. Hanging outside, waiting on waiting on her to leave the suite. You see Travis Kelsey's podcast shoot up the charts. You see his merch shoot up the charts. Yeah, he's uh, best selling jersey, I believe. Right? Yeah, uh, something like that. It's super high. And with Travis Kelsey being a celebrity as well, yeah, because he's it's not like he's uh, Tavon, not Tavon Austin. Who was it? Uh, Miles Austin. He was dating somebody on the Cowboys. Yeah, he was dating that cheerleader chick who like got famous. And even Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. Yeah, Tony Romo wasn't really a celebrity yet. I mean, he was Dallas Cowboys quarterback though. Yeah, but it, it. I think Travis Kelsey has the image outside of football. He did the dating show. He dated that one really hot, super popular chick. He's also he's also just a. He cool. He's not. Yeah, he's not Gronk, but he's kind of a wild. Boy. Think about you gotta fight for your. Like he's very vocal on the team. He's more vocal than Patrick Mahomes. He's kind of in a weird way like the Draymond Green of the Chiefs. He's the voice. Team. He's not the face, but he's the voice of the team. Yeah, like he's the, he is. Though, so. so would you rather kick it with Gronk or um, Kelsey? Depends on where I'm going. Fair, and I Vegas. Give me Gronk. Give me Gronk. If we're going to Vegas, it's me and Gronk. Yeah. Atlanta. But if, but if, but if, but if, but if I'm hanging, if, if it's a two man, right? If it's a tag team match or something, 
Uh, give me Kelsey. Yeah, so Kelsey's a cool guy. Um, I, I think this is all about expanding both of their brands. I think there is there's interest there. I don't think it's just like, hey, I think this guy's a weirdo. He's a publicity stunt. No, no, no. I think that they realize what's they can gain from each other, and that yes. if it works, it works. But if not, hey, at least we have fun in this time. And I get a great album out of it by bashing you. And you know, so so I, I got this question from another podcast that's so much bigger than this one. I won't shout them out. Do you think Gronk? Uh, Gronk, excuse me. Do you think Travis Kelsey upgraded by going from Taylor, going from the chick he was previously with? Uh, the obvious answer is no, from a look standpoint, but from every other standpoint, yeah, absolutely, he upgraded. Like. He may, I'm not trying to be funny. He made that chick famous. She's just going to make him even more famous. Like, I don't know if Tom Brady got more popular or more famous when he started dating Giselle, but, like, it certainly made him to have a power couple, right? Like, that's like these quotes, quotes, right? Your, your Jay-Z's and Beyonce's, your Kim and Kanye. Like, to be a power couple, because there's not that many. In reality, like there's not Angelina and Brad, like there's you could kind of name them all on one hand, right? Like, so there's not that many, and he's a unique type of player because he's a tight end too. He's not a quarterback, he's not black either. Let's add that in. Like, he's a white, it's a white dude, right? But he's also on the most popular team. He's the best quarterback in the league's top option. He's in a very unique space. He plays in Kansas City. Like, let's look at where he plays, too. Yeah, like, Taylor Swift only goes to Kansas City to do a concert. Yes. <laughs> and if, if that, really, they might not even go to Kansas City. They might go to St. Louis instead. They might go there. They might and, and Missouri, they might go to St. Louis instead of Kansas City. So, like, I don't know. I mean, you've been to Kansas I've never been to Kansas City. I've heard a lot of good things. I got two of my basketball teammates, literally, same class, both buddies, they live there. I wanted to go during like the COVID year to go to the Chiefs Falcons, but like, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of good stuff. It looks like a good time. Uh, I'm sure it's a good time. And for someone like you, Overland Park works. It's low key. It's more like low key spots, chill. Um, They say that's where the Chiefs players live at. Uh, So it's a bit more bougie. Mm hmm. But it's it's the side of Kansas City you want to see. You don't want to go downtown Kansas City. So is that where the like their battery is though? So they play, they play because the Royals Park is like, but they're both by that battery area, right? It's like a a battery a little. So that's what I heard. I did not. I didn't pull into the parking lot, right? But I didn't see. It's not as obvious as the battery because I didn't see it from getting off the highway to driving like on the strip where, where the stadiums are at. But I heard about that battery area that's there. So maybe I was just on the wrong side of the stadiums to see it. But now Overland Park is where you want to go. It's about 25, 30 minutes out from there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of far. It's a suburb of Kansas city. No, I, no, I get that. Well, yeah, if it's 35 minutes away, but I'm saying like, from that to be where the happening is, like when the do you remember when the Royals went to the World Series? They showed that area bonkers. It looked crazy. 
I just remember it being back then. I think it was brand new even for them. Theirs obviously in the battery. The battery's the battery. But like, um, I mean, I've never been, but you know, just in general. Yeah, no, it's Kansas City uh, versus Atlanta. Stop. Yeah, yeah, come on. And so, um, Cobb County. Interesting. I will definitely. I we don't play them again, unfortunately. Man, I'll probably never see Patrick Mahomes play in Kansas unless I just go to a non-foul. Like or, I'll never see him first, play in Kansas City or first place. Ah, but it'll be a, it'll be in Atlanta. Oh, you're saying next year? Do we get the no? But we're playing the South every year. I'm saying if we get a first place schedule. But we don't put – it's a rotating division-wise. I thought the, the – got it. You play, four, eight, you play one division, and then we play the South now. But now that'll be interesting when the South rotates back to us. Who does it switch to? What division? Because it's the South that we play every year in that extra game now. So that'll be interesting. Once it gets there, how do they determine which division gets what? True. Um, we probably will get whoever's north, I would imagine, because of just logistics. So with all all of this Taylor Swift hype coming around the Travis Kelsey thing, and you know, for, for the listeners, we really don't care about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey at all. Um, <laughs> we barely care about Taylor Swift. Let me tell you how much we care about Taylor Swift. <clears throat> Parlay Pete was pissed off that he was coming <clears throat> from work when she was on tour. Because he had to deal with the traffic from her concert getting home. That that's that's the extent of our give a damn about Taylor Swift. It, but but even in that situation, it was just so bad because the concert didn't start until eight. I think I was going to the gym at like one, and like there was traffic, and I'm like, why is there traffic right now? It's like the Atlanta United on play. I said, no Taylor Swift in town. Janet Jackson was in town too, but like. Um, why these concerts aren't until later? And then I look up on Northside Drive, and I'm like, "Holy shit! It looks like the rodeo because there's so many cowboy boots, short cut off jean shorts, signs, kids, families." And then I look over at the stadium that I get to go to, you know, fortunately get to go to every other week, and you just see it's motherfuckers really sitting outside. And I'm like, the doors don't open for four hours. You fucking quack. Bro, it was the same. It was the same shit with the Beyonce concert. Like, it was the same shit with the Beyonce concert. I was driving back to, I was driving back to the hotel, and I go, "What is going on? Why are you people out? The doors don't open for another three hours. Go to your hotel room. Go home. Take a nap." Go get a dinner. Go do something. Yeah, go get something to eat. Go get some drinks. But, I mean, but let talk, me tell you, you, talk to your family that you don't talk to normally. Like, <laughs> do something else. Uh, you know what? Go catch the uh, go catch the afternoon shift in Magic City while you're at it. Hell, I know that once peaches and eggplants, uh, I'll bleed that out. But, but hey, but, but, but I, I got one thing for you on uh, Miss Swifty. Okay, what do you think of my theory that if super famous white people like Taylor Swift wanted to feel normal, practically unseen, 
they should conduct business in black neighborhoods. Have you ever I seen? I'm not, I'm not talking about like the hood shitty black neighborhoods. Oh, okay. I'm talking about you know maybe just go out Stone Mountainish, you know, where yeah, yeah, okay, black like people, uh, black black homeowners, you know, decent jobs, kids, black businesses, black businesses, kids want to go to college, uh, all of that type of stuff. Suburban black, yeah. America. And and do your grocery shopping if you want to go grocery shop for yourself. Go to a random park and just walk your dog because you want to walk your dog and not do it inside of your fortress that you live in. You'd be surprised. There'd still be some black people that probably fan out because there are black people that in those type of neighborhoods that do fucking listen to Taylor Swift too. Like, I think there would be a fan out experience, but without the social media post, which we can't avoid in 2023, um, because people get on social media and they post themselves crying. Uh, we we po- people post themselves like hanging out of cars, doing dumb stuff. People post themselves committing crimes. Hell, we got people going on live and committing mass murder. So it's hard to escape social media. But I think if you take out that 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 phone aspect of it, uh, Taylor could get her a good 15, 20 minutes of just like her own time. For sure, because it would. Yes, if social media didn't exist and somebody couldn't upload it on Twitter and be like, "Yo, I swear to God, Taylor Swift is over here off of South Deshaun. Like, even with social media, I think she can get she can get fifteen minutes. That's about it. Well, think of it this way: even in a place like L.A., where all a lot of them, all of them live or have homes or whatever. LeBron, do you remember? I think somebody put it in the group once. LeBron was like eating dinner, nigga. And like, bro, it was like 30 or 50 people outside, like recording this man. He's okay. eating at a restaurant. All he's doing is eating. And I don't know why they would let him outside. I just, if they're, I, and I mean, obviously he probably preferred to sit outside, but like, there's always private rooms, especially at fine dineries. He's got a personal chef, so unless it's like one of his just favorite restaurants and it's not like a fine dining establishment. Or he wants to get out of the house. That too. I mean, he didn't have Savannah or the kids with him. Like nobody, it was him and some like a white guy. Not his agent, obviously, but nothing business. Somebody, yeah, someone. And so I know that's gotta be hard for those people. You know, interesting story. I had a guest on the pod a long time ago. And she did work on Broadway and she talked about um, when Denzel was doing Broadway and how he wanted like some coffee or something one day. And he just walked down the street to like the coffee shop. So so maybe 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 New York, but I doubt it. Because the thing about Taylor Swift is. But New York, those people do casually walk around, too. Yeah, they, they say Andre 3000 just walks around Brooklyn playing the flute. Yeah, you can do you can kind of get it like bro, they they there's been plenty of times I think I've seen clips of Adam Sandler like hooping, like you know what I mean, like playing at a park. I think the hard part for Taylor Swift is she's famous amongst famous people. Yes, there are some that might be starstruck that are famous, right? Yeah. And and I think that's when it's hard where you are so famous, so popular, so inaccessible that 
the high B list is low-key fanning out to see you. Then it's like, well, where can I go? I got to go hang out with my friends that I grew up with. And they're poor. Even if they're doing well for themselves, they're poor. Yeah. I had another question for you while we're like quasi on culture. I was listening to Brittany Renner on uh, Shannon Sharp's podcast. And I listened to a couple other podcasts where it's more culture based and sports based or news based. And they talk about these famous women and their struggle to dating because they don't necessarily want to date the famous rich guys because of the lifestyles that most of them live. And they say, uh, maybe she should get you a nine to five guy, you know, like a guy who appreciates you, values you. But I don't like what I don't like about this is they go from nine to five guy to like broke guy. I think there is a huge difference between a nine to five guy who makes one who makes anywhere from eighty five to one fifty a year can afford a, a decent life. You know, house in a decent neighborhood. Yeah. Kids in good public school. Can afford date night once a week. Now, can't go on the town every night, but can afford date night once, twice a week. We can go out. We can go do something. And they group these they, they, they group these guys with, like, broke dudes who are, like, can't pay the valet the car when they go out to eat. Guys, Do you think there's a difference? Well, guys that are careful – even once they do get to said restaurant with valet to where they're monitoring what it is that you're ordering to where that affects exactly what they're going to order too, because they're trying to please you enough, whether that be, okay, she got alcohol. I'll start off with one. If she gets a second one, I'm going to stick to water the rest of the night. Or I'm going to go to, I'm going to go from cocktail to beer. Well, that or, oh, she ordered the uh, pan-seared halibut with the uh, ganja sauce or some shit, and it's like a $60 meal with bok choy, and now I can't even get my six-ounce filet that's 44, so now I'm going to settle for the burger that's 23. Not not the burger. I think... Well, some places have that. John George Steakhouse, Las Vegas. I mean, they're they're in uh, L.A. and New York, too. But John George, now they do like a $35, but it's off the chain. Like, I'll have no shame in ordering a fucking burger. That's fair. And at that type of steakhouse, we're not going to Outback, all right? Like, you know what I mean? We're not going to Outback. Yeah, I, I'll, Outback, I'll, Outback doesn't even have fucking um, Valley, right? Like, I, I was telling my wife the other day, we drove by Outback. And she said, man, I haven't had Outback in forever. And I said, it's man. never bad to go to those places either. I said, probably Pete said he won't ever step foot back in Outback. He doesn't want a blooming onion. <laughs> those places aren't bad to eat, man. They're not that bad. Like, like I went to a Texas roadhouse probably four years ago because I just hadn't been since I was a fucking kid. It wasn't terrible. It's I not- didn't order a steak, obviously. <laughs> no, I think we got apps and like sides, like that's and drinks. Like, bro, that's what I was there for. And I did the same. We went, me and Justice went to Red Lobster. I swear it might have been earlier this year or at some point at the end of last year. 
because we j- I just hadn't been, bro. I had not been since I promise you since I was like 10. And we it's over in that area, the 78 Stone Mountain area. And we, you know, we look, we have our spots for lunch, like on the east side, but like like boink, but Pizza Cafe is our spot. That is like our spot on the east side. I will go there. At one point, we used to go there maybe three times a week. Right? Okay. It's a pizza spot though. But we could go to we point man, we went to Red Lobster and it sucked. Like Red Lobster fucking sucks. That's just the truth of it. But like it sucked. What well, what are you expecting there? You know, that, that's I wasn't expecting top tier seafood. That's like going like, that's like going to a dive bar and ordering a cocktail. Okay, fair. That's a fair comparison. Here's the thing. Get a rum and coke and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, the the one that they give you in the clear plastic cup that's about six to eight ounces. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a ton of fucking ice, and it tastes like water at the top. And then the deeper it gets, and then you start frowning. Yeah, one of those places were. But <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I didn't expect top tier seafood cuisine. What I expected though was maybe a little bit better service. <laughs> it's not cheap, like. Like the shit wasn't cheap. Like what I ordered was still like twenty five dollars. Yeah, you're still you're still paying twenty twenty five bucks a plate. Obviously, the one thing that we know Red Lobster is good for the biscuits were still on point. They're still great, but like, you know, that's what they, you know, that is what they really. That's what gets you in the door. You can get pretty much unlimited biscuits. They will continue to bring them fucking biscuits. But there's only been so much doughboy I want to put in me. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too fucking doughy. Hey, yo. <laughs> they give you. At least for me and him, they gave us three. Well, that's a lot of fucking biscuits. Now, I had to take some home <laughs> because I was like, man, these would really make good for if I cook some sausage or bacon and eggs in the morning and just make myself a biscuit. But, like, um, point being with the whole conversation regarding that, no, we will not step foot in these establishments unless we're getting um, – Bored of our selections within our surrounding area, and we just want to go just for the fuck's sake of it. So here's the difference between you and I. And Taylor Swift cannot step foot in a red lobster. No, God, no. Here's the difference between me and you. Is I have no problem eating lower quality food. I don't have a problem eating lower quality food. I just told you I went to these places. They're not that far off. I won't go consider like you. When's the last time you went to Applebee's? Now you're in Albany too, so like I cut you slack because I know that there's only but so much. The last you know? time, so when I first, you know what? It was one night when I flew back. It was it's actually fairly recently. I flew back from um, Colorado. Okay. Um, shit. Fourth of July weekend. I had just flown back from Colorado. I ended up going to Cartersville because I didn't feel like driving back to Albany because I was super tired and I didn't land till like almost midnight or about 1030, 1030. There we go. Yeah. 1030, 11 o'clock. So I'm like, ah, I'm going to go to Cartersville because I'm not driving back to, to Albany this late. I'm tired. I went to Applebee's because I wanted a meal. And I didn't want for twenty. And I didn't want fast food. I like I wanted a chicken breast and potatoes. You know, like 
But that is so fucking fair, bro. Like that's a yeah, fair like, and, and and they're open to midnight, so or one o'clock. So I, I they were like the only thing that was open that was not going to be Waffle House, McDonald's, Crystals. And when I first moved to Albany, I would go to Applebee's to watch games, but that's usually like cheese sticks and the little chicken fajitas or something like that, like chicken. Are you on the boneless chicken? No, nah, it's not me. Okay. And a lot of times when I would go to Cartersville, sometimes people would hang out at the Applebee's. So I have been inside Applebee's a bit more often than my palate would prefer. But prior to moving back to Georgia, <coughs> I hadn't been to Applebee's probably since college. Maybe when I would go to Cartersville and we would go after 10 for like the $3 Bud Lights, $5 margaritas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it was always drink focused. It was never, it, I never say, hey, it's Friday at seven o'clock. Let's hit up the old, uh, the old Olive Garden. <laughs> now, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm up, Kevin. I don't eat that chain shit. Like, I only eat it. If I'm invited or I'm going for the drinks, like if, if if my family after church, like, Hey, we're going to Longhorn. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go. I'm not going to complain. It's doing the job. You know, it is what it is, but nah, dog. Like honestly, like the lowest level of chain that I would go out of my desire and it's cheesecake factory. Like that tier is the chain that I say, hey, cheesecake is actually not bad. I, of all chains, literally, it's so funny you brought them up. Of all the chains, I go to the me and Justice. I've eaten there three times this year. How about that? In this calendar year, I have eaten there three times. I got it to go twice, and then me and Justice after the gym went there once. It's because it's at Cumberland, so it's like right by our gym. I don't have an issue with Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, like a cheesecake. And I guess because I hadn't had that in a long time, there's like certain stuff on the menu that I was like. Cheesecake Factory. Way better than me stopping at fast food. Cheesecake Factory, Maggiano's, your your Papa Dough. Olive Garden. Olive Garden lasagna is top tier. I won't hear any planner about them. I haven't been to Olive Garden in a while, but like though, though like Olive Garden is in, is in the Longhorn Red Lobster Outback tier. Yes, for step. sure. Yeah, it's a place that you can go get food, which you, is a step your below. Food, but the reality is, huh? These are my options. Fuck it. They're a step. They're 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 still a step. Those are a step above Applebee's. Applebee's is like the lowest tier of restaurant that you go to, and the lights are off. Yeah. But no, I don't. I I, I don't. I, I I don't need that bullshit. <laughs> okay, so here's what we can do. We can wrap hour two right now, and we can. Oh shit, we didn't do the picks. Oh well, we'll do. We can do the picks. Top of hour three. We can forecast NFL, and then we can. Uh, we can review college and preview college. Does that work for you? That works for me. I literally have my picks ready too. All right, guys. That's our two. 
went a little went a little long because we started talking about Taylor Swift and Applebee's. Yeah, chain restaurants and you know all that good stuff that everybody likes. 